That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, June 1st. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Take-Two's CEO says Google may have overpromised Stadia's abilities. Kate Blanchett is officially in the Borderlands movie. We might learn about Resident Evil 8 officially soon. And Kingdom Hearts may become an animated Disney Plus show. Take-Two's CEO Strauss Zelnick says Google Stadia overpromised on its abilities. Strauss Zelnick is the CEO of Take-Two. And he's a very smart guy when it comes to the video game business. He's the boss of Rockstar and Gearbox, which has released games like Grand Theft Auto and Borderlands, both very successful franchises. So it's pretty safe to get behind his big bets. Take-Two did bet on Stadia, though, by bringing Red Dead Redemption 2 to the platform. But Zelnick seems less enthused about Google Stadia today. Steve Watts reported on Zelnick's Stadia thoughts for GameSpot, writing, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick says that Google Stadia overpromised on its technology and didn't seem to expand the market like it had hoped. In a talk at the Bernstein Annual Strategic Decisions Conference, Zelnick explained why the company had supported the release of streaming, and he doesn't sound positive on the platform so far. Streaming technology is upon us, he said. The launch of Stadia has been slow. I think there was some overpromising on what the technology could deliver and some consumer disappointment as a result. Stadia launched late last year, but about a month ago, it offered users the opportunity to sign up for a free trial of the service. If you signed up for that trial, like I did when it became available, then it's about to run out. I have a reminder in my phone set to go off in about five days to remind me to cancel it. Or rather, you know, make the decision regarding whether or not I want to cancel it. And I think I do. I was, and weirdly am, to a certain degree, still excited about Stadia. But it all really comes down to the fact that while having the free trial, I really haven't used the service at all. I have plenty of games to play on other platforms. And even though I really like the idea of playing PC games in bed on my laptop... All the games that are available on Stadia ended up being ones I can play in other ways. There are still games being developed for Stadia, which is what I am most interested in. Shannon Studstill left Sony Santa Monica and the God of War team to make something for Google Stadia, and I am very excited to find out what that is, but I am sure it's years away. Zelnick seemed to imply in the Bernstein Annual Strategic Decisions Conference that Take-Two didn't have any plans for continued Stadia support, at least nothing in the immediate future. That certainly doesn't mean it's dropping Stadia or anything. It probably just means that if any Take-Two games do come to Stadia, they will probably just come well after launching on the typical console and PC platforms. I 
I'm still kind of rooting for Stadia. I still like it conceptually, but Zelnick's lack of confidence doesn't really bode well for its long-term future. Kate Blanchett will be playing Lilith in the Borderlands movie. It was rumored recently, but now it has been officially confirmed. Kate Blanchett will be starring in the Borderlands movie from director Eli Roth, and she will be playing Lilith. Roth offered a statement to Entertainment Weekly about the casting that reads, I'm so lucky to have the amazing Kate Blanchett starring in Borderlands. We had the most incredible collaboration together on The House with a Clock in Its Walls, and I believe there's nothing she can't do. From drama to comedy and now action, Kate makes every scene sing. Working with her is truly a director's dream come true, and I feel so fortunate that I get to do it again on an even bigger scale. Everyone brings their A-game to work with Kate, and I know together we're going to create another iconic character in her already storied career. Entertainment Weekly's Nick Romano reported on the casting and wrote about the film. Additionally, HBO's Chernobyl creator Craig Mazing, who's also penning the TV series adaptation of The Last of Us video game, wrote the latest draft of the Borderlands script. It's unclear when things can go back to normal in Hollywood, but Borderlands is scheduled to start filming later this year. Blanchett was in the midst of shooting Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley in Canada with Rooney Mara and Bradley Cooper when production was put on hold in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. I looked up that movie, Nightmare Alley, because I was unfamiliar with it. And the weird thing about it is Kate Blanchett is playing another character named Lilith in that movie. I don't think the two films will come out back to back. She has a number of other in-development projects on her IMDb page other than the Borderlands movie, but there is a chance she might have two movies come out right next to each other where her name is Lilith in both. I'm actually getting excited about this movie. I'm not even the biggest Borderlands fan, but I like Eli Roth movies. I like Kate Blanchett, and the writer, Craig Mazin, is also a super talented guy, so maybe this will lead to something cool. I have my fingers crossed. There may be some kind of Resident Evil something happening on June 10th. Some kind of Resident Evil thing is happening on June 10th, and the optimistic assumption is that it will have something to do with Resident Evil 8. Daniel Richardson reported on the story for Game Rant and wrote, The Capcom-run Resident Evil Ambassador program appears to have announced to its highest-ranking members that a Resident Evil-based reveal will happen on June 10th. It seems unlikely that the recently announced Resident Evil 4 will be shown or teased as it has been confirmed to be in development in recent weeks and is scheduled for a 2022 release date. Quick aside, I don't know that it's been fully confirmed. It hasn't been officially announced yet there, so grain of salt with that. With that in mind, alongside the recent rumors of a Resident Evil 8 reveal, many fans are expecting more information about the game on that date. Although it should be noted that nothing is confirmed and the date could signal information about a completely different Resident Evil title, although it is unclear what that would be. I really want it to be Resident Evil 8 details. I think that would be really exciting. I also think it's entirely possible that Capcom might have been planning to reveal Resident Evil 8 during E3, so the timing would work out there well. I also, also, however, think it could be something less exciting, like an update for Resident Evil Resistance or something like that. I am sort of leaning towards something akin to the latter, just because I feel like if Capcom were planning to make a big Resident Evil 8 announcement, it would have just made a much more public announcement. 
that it was happening, as opposed to messaging the Capcom superfans first. If it is Resident Evil 8, though, and to be clear, I hope it is, then I think it's a cool move for Capcom to reach out to the superfans first. I guess we will find out more a little later this month. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. There may be a Kingdom Hearts TV show in the works. This is actually a piece of video gamey news that was passed around a few days ago, so I've had it in my queue for a little while, but it looks like Disney may be readying a Kingdom Hearts animated show. Emre Kaya, at Vulane on Twitter, who is a news reporter for the Cinema Spot, wrote on Twitter... I was originally going to publish this as an exclusive article, but apparently a few other insiders have heard about it too, so I'm just going to tweet it out, I think. There is a hashtag Kingdom Hearts series in the works at Disney+. Plus. Disney originally wanted to make it, but that didn't work out. So Square Enix was asked to create a pilot using Unreal Engine. The series is most likely not live action, but CG animated they're currently casting. Now, this isn't the first time Disney has flirted with the idea of a Kingdom Hearts animated show. Back in 2013, artist, animator, and director of the animated Adam Sandler movie Eight Crazy Nights, Seth Kersley, shared some art on his DeviantArt page about a proposed Kingdom Hearts show he had worked on that never came to exist, and he shared some storyboards. You can find a link to that post in the show notes where Kersley wrote, These are select panels from the coolest project I ever had the pleasure of working on, which never saw the light of day. This goes back to about 2002. Only the first game had come out at that point. I was hired by Disney TV Animation to develop and direct an animatic for a possible Kingdom Hearts animated series. I played the first game from beginning to end and was so excited to get this opportunity. This would have been the perfect thing for me, especially because of my action-slash-comedy background with mummies. It was dark, it combined anime and classic Disney characters. Are you kidding me? This was awesome. I also had control of the script on this, so it was incredibly dark. But then so is the game. Kersley also wrote in the end of that post, The pilot animatic tested exceptionally well, but it was decided there wouldn't be an animated series because they planned on making many more games. Who knows? There could be a Kingdom Hearts animated series at some point. It's unclear if Kersley is involved in this at all, especially considering he seems to work for DreamWorks now, but 
On his Twitter account, he has shared a few stories about the rumors, and his Twitter icon is a drawing of Sora. I have a, a weird relationship with Kingdom Hearts. I really got into the first game, but I never finished it. I, re- I got all the way to the final boss. But then I played and really loved the second game, and I think it just has one of the most memorable endings in games, just in terms of pure spectacle. But then it gets really muddied, and I only dabbled in the follow-up games, and I was eager to play 3, but the presentation of that game, outside of combat and exploration, mainly in the cutscenes, is just borderline embarrassing. My eyes would just glaze over during cutscenes, and I really lost momentum after getting through the Toy Story world, which I did enjoy. It's one I want to revisit, but realistically, I don't know that I ever will. Now, that being said, I would be into the idea of a Kingdom Hearts animated show. The story and the world of the Kingdom Hearts video games are so convoluted and strange that a show might represent a fresh start, an opportunity to re-examine that story without having to worry about three mainline games and a dozen or so spinoffs, maybe examine a different part of the Kingdom Hearts world earlier in the timeline, like as a prequel, or maybe just retell the main story in a way that is easier to digest and understand. I think that would be cool, and I I do hope to see it exist at some point. That's it for gaming news today. I did pick up the Bioshock and Borderlands Switch collections over the weekend, and I started playing Bioshock 2's Den of Minerva. DLC. I think I'm a little over halfway through it. I won't offer any story spoilers or anything because I'm sure there are others like me who are playing it for the first time, but it is weird to play that DLC after having just finished watching season three of Westworld. There is a lot of surprising overlap there. I was also surprised to learn that it is basically more Bioshock 2, which really maybe I shouldn't be surprised at all. Hearing the praise for it all these years and how everyone talked about it as an obvious predecessor to Gone Home made me think there wouldn't really be a lot of shooting, but that's not the case at all. There is a lot of shooting, at least there has been so far. In any case, it's been really fun to go back to Bioshock and be able to play some new content in that world, and I've also just been impressed by how well it runs on the Switch. It looks great. I got a fantastic email from Sam Pizzolatto, offering some insight into the Hideo Kojima interview last week that I really appreciate. Sam wrote, Thanks for all the great work you're doing with the podcast. The gets-in-my-hair phrase from the translation of Hideo Kojima's recent interview with news.livedoor.com caught my attention since I speak Japanese and found myself wondering what the original text of the interview could possibly be. Here's a quick translation I did of that portion of the interview. Question, what are you preparing for what comes next? Answer. I can't say much about my next project because it's still in the planning stages, but I'm moving a lot of pieces into place behind the scenes. It's just that a big project recently fell through, so I'm a little upset. Laughs. But that's not uncommon in this industry. The verb in question, and apologies if I mispronounce this, mukatsuku, just means to feel irritated or angry about something. I hope that clears things up a bit. Sam, it absolutely does, and I really appreciate you reaching out. Thank you so much. Had another correction from at Dreamer Tactical on Twitter, who wrote a quick correction from Friday's show. You said the XCOM 2 collection on Switch contains all the game's DLC. That is not quite true. It contains all the same DLC as the other console versions, but the Tactical Legacy Pack from 2018 
is only on PC for some reason. So thanks to at Dreamer Tactical for that information. It's very strange that any part of that game would be exclusive to PC, but I don't know, I guess it is what it is. At Dreamer Tactical also followed up saying, P.S. I love the show and I hope you are staying safe in Minneapolis. Yeah, so if you're unaware, I live just outside of Minneapolis and my family is staying safe. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now, which apparently I'm getting close to the end of. Someone told me I have about two hours left, so I gotta figure out what I'm gonna play next after that. You can also find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. MinMax is actually participating in GameSpot's Play for All charity livestream event. MinMax will be part of that tomorrow, Tuesday, June 2nd at 12 p.m. Pacific time for MinMax Gaming Trivia Challenge. Play for All is raising money for COVID-19 relief efforts and Black Lives Matter, so I'm excited that MinMax is going to be participating in that. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.